You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 15th Sunday after Pentecost, September 5th, 2021, by the Reverend Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him. And she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was Gentile, Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then Jesus said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon toward the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. I believe today's gospel reading reveals a message to us that could not be timelier. Once again, we face the threats of activities we love and cherish, shutting down, shutting down. And then this gospel comes around this morning, just in time. Jesus' power to open things up. Yes, really open things up. At first glance, these two stories contain the gospel do not appear to be very strongly connected. But as we dive deeper, and I promise we will, we'll see that they are strongly linked together as they both point to the power released in our lives when we're open enough, when we're open long enough, wide enough, deep enough to be transformed by God's loving spirit. Let's start with the courageous Syrophoenician mother 
who begs Jesus to deliver her young daughter from a demon. We don't know what this demon is, but it's a demon. This is an extraordinary story, don't you think? For a woman in that time and place to courageously enter a presumably empty house with a man, a rabbi, a different ethnicity, a different religion, nothing short of the miraculous. It simply wasn't done that way. Haven't you heard that before? We don't do it that way. Can you imagine the desperation that this one must have felt, this woman, at this kind of risk, this vulnerability that she took to take the risk of insult or rejection or injury, and yet she does it anyway. And Jesus, what about Jesus? Just how open was he at that moment to hear her cry? Now, some of you regard this Jesus right now as being pretty calloused and judgmental in response to this this wonderful cry for help, wonderful in the sense that it has pure faith. In the book of James, we hear today that love your neighbor as yourself is a royal law. It's foundational to Christianity. How are we to understand Jesus in this moment? Now, some Bible scholars have attempted to soften it, soften the saying of Jesus, by noting that, well, maybe the dogs really here were the kind of beloved household dogs, pets that we love and cherish. Or some scholars go in another direction. Well, maybe it was just a common proverb, you know, don't worry, don't worry about him, his bark is worse than his bite, or something like that. But I'll tell you, none of these are satisfying to me. None of these explanations seem to help me one bit in my journey here with this scripture. If we take seriously the fact that Jesus was fully human, that he, too, like us, was attempting to live into his full divinity, then it makes sense that, at that moment at least, he was not yet freed. He was not yet open. The negative assumptions, the stereotypes of his day, all these things he was baptized into. It's important to remember that, at this time, Mark, the gospel writer, recorded these stories in a way that the early church could understand. The early church was hotly divided on the issue of inclusivity, just like today. So did Jesus make a horrible pastoral response? Can I actually ask that question? Well, I probably can't and sleep well tonight. But I can say that in the course of his dialogue with this amazing, this courageous woman, Jesus learned how to listen and to be open, open to his own teachings. Jesus was transformed by this conversation. It allowed an openness to replace the narrow-mindedness and short-sightedness of his culture that he was born into. Jesus allowed himself to be changed by what he heard. Some folks believe that if you don't really listen with the possibility of being changed, you're not really listening. What exactly was it from this gutsy, persistent, counter Jesus's, least in the moment, culture that was so powerful? I know many of us in the wake of our beloved Rector Lex's retirement are asking questions about what kind of pastoral leaders do we need for the present and the future at St. Thomas? I say leaders in the plural because 
Of course, we first need an interim priest in charge, keep praying. And then finally, we will call our rector in a more permanent kind of call. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, is Steve slipping seamlessly into these roles? My answer is simple. I'll quote John the Baptist as he said, it is not me. But dear friends, I am, even though I'm not a candidate for these positions, let me reassure you that I am fully present here, as well as our staff. We all are seeking to be open. At the top of my wish list for a pastoral leader is one who is open to change, not tolerant of change, but open, wide open to change. Our culture is changing rapidly. We need to be open as well. A leader that isn't threatened when appropriately challenged by different viewpoints. A leader who's committed to the creation of a culturally diverse, impartial type of congregation. I yearn for our congregation to reflect the diversity of God's people found around the world and in heaven, our ultimate destination. Jesus models for us in this gospel reading the importance of leadership, being open to being the kind of spiritual discerner that requires that we see things from multiple perspectives and that we're willing to change. The process of faithful, respectful, authentic, intercultural dialogue is rough and tough and challenging and demanding, but if it's done with an open heart, an open mind, it can bear fruits of healing and reconciliation. The story of Jesus in dialogue with the Syrophoenician woman is an exemplary model of this process. When this dear mother got home to find her daughter completely well, I am quite sure that she not, she not only felt like she had experienced a miracle, but she encountered great leadership. And a bridge between the Gentile and Jewish worlds grew a little stronger in that story. What I think is fascinating, though, is I think the Syrophoenician woman was actually the great leader in that moment. This persistent leader who wasn't going to take the status quo. And Jesus was a good enough leader to make room for her viewpoint. It's a beautiful story in that regard. I ask myself, can I listen? Can I listen to others without treating them less than human? My greatest challenge right now is with this COVID recurrence. Can I hear the strong vocal objections of parents who do not want their teens to be vaccinated or do not want their younger children to wear masks? I actually experience something bigger than a disagreement here. I experience a cultural divide, like visiting another country, like today's story between two cultures. I ask myself, can I listen to them without treating or viewing them as less than human? A dog, if you will. Can they listen to me without treating me as less than human? Can you listen to them? Can they listen to you? This gospel story keeps going on and on. It's a living parable. But there's more for us to consider. The second story involving the deaf man being brought to life by Jesus and, of course, his friends that brought him to Jesus, this brings us to, the, again, the power 
of being open, sharper focus. Like the first story, we might be surprised and a little uneasy about Jesus' initial response to this cry for help. When was the last time you allowed your healthcare professionals to spit on their hands and touch your tongue? Not pre-COVID, not during COVID. It was an accepted healing practice back in the ancient Near East. But it does show us how contemporary it is. The ability to properly hear and properly speak are intimately connected. Even for us who do not have a medical challenge, the truth is still here in the story. If we can't hear correctly, we certainly can't speak correctly. There's a strong parallel between the journey of the deaf man and the struggle that all of us have as disciples of Christ. It's not easy to let Jesus touch us in an intimate way, to allow us to grow on our spiritual capacity to hear, speak, and proclaim the Lord's deep message of love your neighbor as yourself, a desire to help others come into their true identities, their full expressions, their voices, their rightful places in the kingdom of God. Just this past week, I had a powerful reminder of this when I spoke to a friend recently who had gone through a sex change operation, also known as gender-confirming surgery. And now, he is now, um, he, she, they, is, is a priest in another denomination. When I began my friendship two years ago, I had no idea this was the direction that he would be going. To be completely transparent, I don't fully understand my friend's journey as of yet, but I'm still listening, and the call that he, she, they, it is still there. And I'm thinking of this beautiful prayer today, the gift, really, in the story, Ephatha, a prayer, be open. That beautiful Aramaic prayer said in the mother tongue of Jesus invites us to let go of our assumptions, our judgments, so that we can fully be alive, that we might be healing to others and be healed ourselves. And so today I put forth that challenge. Jesus actually does the putting forth the challenge in the story. Remember that leadership requires us to do things differently, to be open to new callings and possibilities for us and for all that we love. So open up the possibility that God may be wanting you to sponsor an Afghan refugee Open up to the call to, to be fully who you are if you're not feeling like you are. And openness to seeing that God is still speaking and doing things in this world that are beyond our imagining. Even on those days that we think that the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. And most of all, let's be open to seeing the world as God sees the world. A place of original blessing, a place of ongoing creation a place where the deaf are allowed to hear and those with a voice are allowed to speak. Amen.
For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.